Warning, the views and opinions expressed in the following are strictly those of the relentless and may offend any snowflakes who lack drive and discipline. As a qualm the dairy. To be, not to seem. This is Badger Actual. What's up and welcome back to the show. My name's Travis. I'm your host. Today I want to talk about lies, but I'm not talking about the lies that we hear. I'm talking about the lies that we tell ourselves. So in other words, the justifications or the reasons that cross the line into excuses, right? Um, so one thing that really kind of got me going on this recently is the the mayor of Baltimore, and I'm not going to drop any names. You can go Google it. It's all over the place. But the mayor of Baltimore right now, uh, he was, you know, criticized recently about the whole violence, uh, you know, the, the violent crime going on, the violent crime rate continuing to be high in Baltimore, which it's been forever, and every single mayor's been criticized about it. This guy's just the latest one in the in the lineup of mayors who gets gets kind of uh, gets kind of um, you know thrown under the bus a little bit on the crime. But this guy said, you know, in response to them saying it's there's a lack of leadership in the city, he said, he just kept saying, I'm not committing the murders. You guys got to understand I'm not committing the murders. So how could it be a lack of leadership's fault if we're not the ones committing the murders? Something along those lines. That's just, it's just ridiculous. You know, setting the, setting the terrible leadership aside for a second, because that's just a sign of a weak leader. It's just, it's just justifications and excuses and you're lying to yourself. Right. So what I want to talk about here, there's two real types of of lies or excuses uh, or, you know, sometimes we we frame it as like blame. You know, we'll blame something for happening to us or we'll blame, you know, some external force that we have no control over for the reason that something didn't go right in our lives. So. They're all pretty much like 99.999% of these are just straight excuses that there's no reason to be throwing blame around. It doesn't help anything except it doesn't help anything. It just hurts us, right? Because we never learn and grow from these. And they can fall into two categories, you know, when we're making these excuses. The first one is just the straight up excuses and we know that we're making them. You know, we have full understanding that it's an excuse and we're just giving out some BS reason why we didn't get something done, why we're not where we should be, why our physical body isn't where we want it to be, you know, why we don't have the abs that we say we want to have, why, you know, we didn't lose the weight that's, that we said we wanted to lose, you know, why we didn't get the job done that we said we were going to get done, why we didn't save the money that we said we were going to save, why we blew the money that we said we weren't going to blow, whatever the reason is, right? It, do, it just doesn't matter. Straight up excuses that, that we know are excuses. And then the second category is a lack of perspective. And a lack of perspective is almost more dangerous than excuses. They're both bad. But I'll kind of give you a breakdown. So lack of perspective is like if I were to say, oh, man, you know, like, and I truly believe this, right? If I, if I kept showing up to work late or I showed up to work late once or twice a week or something like that, First of all, there's no reason to ever show up to work late, right? On time is late, and late is just unforgivable. So if I just kept showing up to work late, though, and I came in every single day, and I'm like, oh, man, yeah, the traffic was just terrible today, right? Like, I I am from, and some of you guys might not know where this is, but I'm from Erie, Pennsylvania, and it is the land of freaking snow up here, 
right, in Erie, Pennsylvania, will get feet and feet and feet of snow and ice, and it's ridiculous. And here's the thing, though. Everybody knows that we're going to get all that snow and that ice. So we know to plan for it. So if I kept coming in with that same excuse, it's either that it's either I know that I'm making the excuse and I just don't care, or I truly believe that this snow is out of my control and there's no way that I can make it in to the office on time and to work on time. Base, you know, there, there's just no way. I can't plan for it. I can't do anything for it. It's just, it's just, it's happening to me from the universe, right? So that's a lack of perspective. So the excuses, right? We kind of got to look at, we kind of got to look at solutions for them. You know, because you can't be problem focused; you have to be solution focused. So, looking at the at the at the excuses themselves, you kind of got to go and look at. I guess I guess the way to say this is you have to go and elevate your level of self awareness above what your typical human being is. Right, your your typical human being on a scale of one to ten, maybe they're like a six in self awareness, and that's an abstract number. Don't quote me on this to some psycholo- psychological source or something. Okay, maybe your average human being, maybe they're like a six. Okay, out of ten, you got to be like a nine. You got to be like a nine point five. I truly don't believe that you can ever reach a ten in anything, but you got to be up there. You got to elevate your level of self-awareness and willingness to actually look at your situation and see what you're doing or not doing and say, truly, is this my fault or is it not? And I'm not talking about beating yourself up. I'm talking about owning facts, you know, detach emotionally. And this is hard. It's super easy for me to say and speak these words right now, but it's very hard to do. You got to be able to detach emotionally from the feeling of, did I, did I, did I drop the ball? Did I not do something the right way? You know, did I, was I lazy here? You know, did I slack over there? You know, did I mess that up? You, you truly have to detach yourself from your feelings because our feelings are going to make excuses for us. You know, if anybody ever comes at you and attacks you, right, your, your gut reaction is to defend yourself. That's my gut reaction. If somebody verbally or physically, but we're talking about verbally, right, attacks me, I'm going to defend myself. I'm going to get a little heated, a little bit, a little bit confrontational back at that person, even if I know that they're right. You know, I've been working on being better about this, and I feel like I'm a lot better at it than I used to be, but nobody's perfect at this. I don't care who you are. So that means that you're going to be like this with yourself, right? Oh, no, there's nothing you could have done. You couldn't have done it any better. There, there, there's just nothing, right? That's, that's just not true. So you have to elevate that level of self-awareness and truly look at yourself from the bird's eye view and see what you're doing and not doing. You know, for, for example, you know, we, we hear things that are, you know, out of my control. I just mentioned this a couple of times, right? The whole out of my control thing. I'm going to tell you two things about something being out of your control or it's not my fault or there's nothing I could have done about that, right? Maybe a half of a percent of the time that's the case. But the other 99.5% of the time, let's put it this way, it's rare that anything is ever out of your control. And the second thing is even if it is out of your control, truly, you choose how you respond to it. 
Because, for example, statistically, this is the last statistic I read. Again, I'm not a scientist, so don't quote me on any of this. But uh, one out of three people statistically, last last paper that I read on it, is going to get cancer. You know, one out of three people in the United States uh, are going to have some type of cancer at some point in their life. So if there's three of you standing in a room, that means two of you are probably going to have cancer at some point. Right? Two of us are probably going to have – or sorry, one of us are probably going to have cancer at some point if there's three of us standing in a room. So if that's the case and that person gets cancer, yeah, I mean, maybe there isn't anything they could have done about it. Maybe they live some unhealthy stuff if you're a smoker, but let's say maybe you don't smoke. Maybe you don't drink. Maybe you live a very healthy life, but you still get cancer. Maybe there's nothing that you could have done about that, right? But you know what we can do about it? We can control how we respond to it. And I know that that's that's asking a lot right now, especially if maybe you're somebody listening to this who does have cancer or have a loved one who's suffering from some sort of health issue. I feel you. I get it. I have people that I care about who have, have died from different diseases. And a lot of it was out of their control. But what is inside of all of our control is how we respond to that, how strong we're going to fight. How, how, what kind of example are we going to leave for other people with a similar condition? You know, what kind of impact we're going to leave on the people around us and the people who follow us, whether we live or die in that situation. I know that's a morbid example, but it's true. So I'm going to give you guys some, some real examples of this. And this is like, this is kind of personal for me. When it comes to the lack of self-awareness, I've got examples in my own life in both of these. When it comes to lack of perspective or self-awareness, I used to be, and I think I mentioned this before, I used to be over 400 pounds at one point. I was huge. You know, when I was in college, I was really big. I was chunky. You know what? No, that's not true. I was morbidly obese. I wasn't chunky. Chunky's a lie. And looking back at that time in my life, I realized that you know, I told I, I had some severe lack of perspective. I remember asking, you know, my mom one time, I'm like, I'm I'm just like, you know, I, I probably have more muscle than most people, right? And understand I was probably like fifteen when I was saying this because I was fat and I was trying to make myself feel better. You know, I was the kid who always wanted to wear hoodies and sweatshirts so I didn't look as fat. You know, we all know that that doesn't make a difference, but it felt better at the time because they're baggy and I didn't feel fat, right? So you know, and I was I was big all the way through through middle school, high school time frame, and into college. You know, my whole freshman year of college, I, I was I was big. You know, and and if anybody listening to this is is overweight or have been overweight in the past, you know what I'm talking about. A lot of times, you don't feel comfortable in your own skin. You know, a lot of times you just don't feel like you feel like you're almost just like not even you almost feel subhuman to a certain extent. Right. Like everybody's better than you because you're huge. Right. But, you know, I would lie to myself on such a level that I felt like like I would tell myself that I that I was stronger because I was bigger and all that stuff. And it just wasn't true. You know, and it was it was a lack of perspective, but it was a imposed lack of perspective that I imposed on my own way of thinking as a defense mechanism. So I didn't feel bad about myself, you know, and then it got to a point where, you know, the more and more and more I gained more weight because my freshman 15, everybody talks about the freshman 15, the 15 pounds you put on when you go to school your first year to college. Right. My freshman 15 was like a freshman 60 something. You know, it was ridiculous. 
because you know they had a, they had a cafeteria right downstairs in my dorm room. You know, the only uh, on campus, the only dorm on campus that had a cafeteria in it. Of course, I ended up being in that one. You know, so I gained a lot of weight. Had like the biggest meal plan, and I would you know I came to a point where I realized it because you know right now, and I've mentioned this on previous previous episodes that like I'm in financial services and then have a couple consulting and sales businesses, you know, too. But back then I was planning on going into like the FBI or something like that. You know, my, my degrees are in criminal justice and business. And, you know, at that time I still really wanted to be in like the FBI or some, you know, federal law enforcement agency. And I, I, I realized that I needed to get in better shape because I could barely walk up a flight of stairs without getting winded, you know, and there's physical requirements to do that job. And I was tired of just feeling like slob. So I I came to the point where I realized everything that I was saying was excuses, you know. So I, I converted from lack of perspective to straight up excuses, but I was still doing it, you know. And then and then I'd try. I'd try to lose some weight. I'd try to stop eating garbage food. I'd try to start eating salads. I'd try to cut out dinner. You know, I'd try to cut out lunch. I'd try to cut out breakfast. I'd try to eat something healthy for breakfast. You know, I'd start studying a little bit of nutrition, you know, but then I'd start playing Xbox and then I want a snack and I go get some chicken fingers and then there we go. And you guys all, if you don't, if you don't kind of resonate with what I'm saying there, then you're lucky because you've always had a fast metabolism. Most people understand where I'm coming from here. So I'd roll into the straight up excuses. And what I really had to do was, you know, look at myself and and see like, is there, you know, what am I, what am I doing and what do I need to do better? And what can I do better? Because I probably started 40 or 50 or 60. I don't have the number for you, but I'd say it's north of 50 times. I said, this time I'm really going to lose weight or I'm going to start tomorrow or next week I'm going to start a diet and working out. And I would do it. You know, I'd go to the gym, I'd hit the elliptical, I'd eat a salad. And then for some reason I'd end up eating pizza that night, you know, it kept happening. And, you know, at some point you have to step back and understand that, you know, your current habits are perfectly designed to get you the results that you're currently getting. And I got to that point when I realized that if I didn't break my current habits, I would continue to get the results that I was currently getting. You know, so like asking myself, if there's a reason, you know, if the reasons that I'm giving for not going to the gym and working out and not eating the healthy food, are they like legitimate or is there something that I could have done or done better to mitigate that terrible behavior in my eating? And obviously every, you know, every, everybody knows the answer to that was, yeah, eat a freaking salad. You know, I'll, I'll say to this day, and I know this is, this almost sounds like it's not necessarily easy advice to follow, but most good advice isn't easy advice to follow. When somebody asked me how they could be mentally tougher, you know, to steal a line from Jocko Willing, be mentally tougher. Just do it. Right. And, you know, everybody listening to me talking about my eating habits, you're probably saying the same thing. Just stop eating the garbage. But then we all know how hard it is. 
So after you ask yourself if those reasons are legitimate or if they're BS, you know, and in my case, they were BS, and in most cases, they're BS, the second thing you got to do is accept that it happened. It was your fault, my fault in this case, and then start focusing on the solution instead of the problem, right? And here's the thing with this second step to solving these problems and eliminating excuses from your life and completely flipping your life around. This is one of the hardest steps. All three of these are hard, but this is this is so crazy hard because focusing on the solution instead of the problem a lot of times involves almost more work than executing. In in the health example that I'm giving in my weight struggle that I used to have and now, you know, I'm I'm like a buck 85 in good shape. But then I, I was not and it, it, it was hard. And, and listening to this, this problem, it sounds like, oh, yeah, go eat a salad. But here's the thing. There's so much when it comes to nutrition that if you undernourish your body or you cut calories too much, you know, it ends up putting your body into a survival state. And then you end up not burning as many calories. And, you know, you guys all know the rest. Google it if you don't know anything about nutrition. But, you know, you had to learn and you had to figure out what to eat, what not to eat, how much of what to eat, how much of what not to eat and all that stuff, right? And what foods to completely cut out of your diet and what foods to moderate and what foods to focus on. It's it's science, you know? It's almost like a small master's degree in just learning how to be a healthy human being. It's crazy. So there's a lot of knowledge that you need to gather and put together so you can focus on that solution to the problem. Right, Because step three in this process of getting rid of your freaking excuses is to execute the solution. And if you don't have a clear-cut solution, you're not going to go anywhere. You know, I tell my squad all the time here and anybody that I work with that proper planning prevents poor performance. No, I did not make that up. I also don't know who said it. I definitely stole it from somebody, but I'm going to keep saying it. Proper planning prevents poor performance. Got to happen has to. You got to plan your stuff out. If you don't plan your stuff out, there's no way you're actually going to get the results that you say you want to get. You know, I see people walking around in these hoodies and posting pictures and t-shirts on Instagram with the shirts that say, don't be upset from the, uh, you know, the results you didn't get, or sorry, from the results you didn't get from the work you didn't put in or something like that. Right. And I've said that before and it's true, but here's the thing. Are we living by that? How hard are you living by that motto? Don't be upset with the results you didn't get from the work that you didn't put in. You know, going back to what I said earlier, our current habits are perfectly designed to continue achieving our current results. That's it. It's it's just that simple. Because, you know, the people who... You know, and if you're listening to this, you want to be above average. You want to be great. And if you don't want to be great and you're listening to this, that's cool. You can keep listening, but it's probably just going to make you feel bad because, you know, I'm talking to people who want to be great right now. And if you want to be great, here's the thing. You could listen to some of this and say, oh, well, you know, I don't make too many excuses. You know, well, what are your goals in life? A, have you ever written them down and planned them out? If not, there's your first problem. You don't know where you're going. That's like throwing darts at a dartboard blind. But how close are you to those goals and how, how far are you progressing on a daily basis to hit those goals that you keep saying that you want to hit? Because I'll tell you one thing, if you continue to be disappointed in yourself, 
that means that something in here in this formula with your self-awareness or your excuses is broken. Because if you didn't have intentional excuses, and if you don't have a lack of self-awareness, a lack of perspective on your own life, then you would be working towards the goals that you want to hit. Because I'll tell you right now, like, you know, I've had a fair measure of success, and a lot of the people that I work with have had a, a fair measure of success in their career so far, but I am nowhere near where I want to be. And I know a lot of other people who are nowhere near where they want to be. But I don't feel bad about myself. I don't feel bad for myself and I don't feel bad about myself because I know that every single day I'm getting just a little bit better than I was the day before. Just a little bit better than I was the day before. For example, I'm traveling between two offices right now. I live in Philadelphia and I have an, I have an office down there and an office in Erie, Pennsylvania for the financial service company. And I'm in Erie right now, but I primarily live in Philadelphia. And, you know, it, I'm tired going back and forth doing interviews, you know, running training and workshops and all kinds of stuff. And, you know, I'm tired right now. And I almost didn't sit down and record this. But then I remembered what I was going to talk about. And what I was going to talk about is excuses. And you know what? The reason that I was giving that I wasn't going to sit down and record it was? It was that I was tired. And you know what? If you ever listen to David Goggins or anybody else who talks about mental resiliency, Tim Grove or anything like that, you know that when you're tired, you're really only like 30 or 40% to your capacity, meaning you still have 60 or 70% left in the tank. And you know what? I don't really sound too tired right now because after I started talking here, I'm amped up because this is something I'm passionate about. So I beat the excuse there. So how are you going to beat an excuse today? How are you going to look at the things that you're not getting that you want to get? Or how are you going to look at the results that you are getting that you don't want to get? And how are you going to address those? How are you going to look at those and flip it around? I'll give you an example. If you're in business, you know, let's say you're in sales and you just expect clients to come to you and you don't really put work into, you know, uh, building relationships with your clients and you're just all about the money and just trying to, trying to close people to get paid, you know, I, you know, I'm going to tell you right now, you're probably not successful in, in sales because you have to cultivate relationships with your, with your clients, almost a friendship. And truly, honestly, not make it seem like you care. You truly, honestly have to care about them. Because, you know, people, this is a cliche, but people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And you have to demonstrate and prove that you care to these, care about these guys and their families and everything, no matter what you're selling. You could be selling cleaning products, or you could be selling insurance products, or you could be selling Rolexes, or you could be selling cars. You know, for example, I just bought a new car um, because... You know, my, my Mustang was not going to go well in the snow. And so I just bought a new car. I bought a Durango SRT and that thing is sick. But I walked into the dealership before that one. And the guy that was talking to me sounded like he just didn't like it. it he was there and he knew that like he had to talk to me if he wanted to make a sale. But it almost seemed like he was like afraid to talk to me and was like real short with his responses and just kind of agreed with everything that I said. And the other guy, you know, and I left that dealership, went to another dealership and this guy like treated me like I was his friend. You know, he's probably at least two or three times my age, but rolled in there before he even knew that I was looking at, at a relatively expensive car. 
he he treated me like he's like, "Hey guys, how's it going?" And he was just upbeat, excited. And then when I start t- started telling him what I wanted to drive, he was like, "Oh yeah, we got two of them. Let me go get the keys for both and we'll go look at them and see which one you want to take out first, right?" We get in the car, he's like, "Yeah, drive it like you own it. They got this this feature here. You probably already know this, but this is what what this does." And he he built like a relationship and a camaraderie with me and I trusted him. He started telling me stories about his his daughter and how she like finagled him into getting like buying couches for her every single time she moved. I don't even know how that came up, right? But that's a that's a huge hurdle that some people have and they'll go through. So you're probably thinking, how does this tie into excuses? You could go through your life thinking, wow, I keep talking to these people and I keep trying to sell them because in this example, we're salespeople, right? I keep trying to sell them my product or my service or whatever, but they just don't want to buy the, the, the cheap sons of bitches, right? Like, yeah, okay, I've heard so many people say that before, right? But are you being cheap with your with your your empathy and your caring are are you going 100% and giving it 100% for those people because it's your job to 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 sell them on why they need it you know insurance programs are similar nobody thinks insurance is sexy but it's really sexy when something bad happens and it takes care of all the problems right but people don't think about that when things are going well so it's your job to paint that picture and to build that need and to show that you truly care. Because you can't build a need if you don't show that you care. You know, so if you're not doing that and you're not getting the result that you say you want to be getting, it's because you're not putting in the effort into the little things when it comes to relationship building with your client. 99% of the time, that's it. It's either you're not sitting in front of enough people or you're not putting in the effort to build that relationship. Sitting in front of enough people is an easy problem to solve, just work. So the other problem is you're not building that relationship. And you can go through with a lack of perspective and not admit it that that's the problem and continue to let that excuse be an excuse and that blame be some blame. Or maybe you know it and you could say, yeah, you know, I'm just not working hard enough. I'm not sitting in front of enough people or I'm just really not throwing enough care in there. Maybe I'll try to make it better, but you never do. And you have the knowing excuse, no matter the circumstance, whether it's a lack of perspective or just you're straight up making excuses and you know it, you're not going to get the result that you want to get until you address that excuse. You ask yourself if the reasons you're giving are legitimate or if there's something, you know, you could tweak. Obviously, in that example, a lot of stuff you could tweak, you know, except that it happened. Don't feel bad about it. Don't mope about it and focus on the solution instead of the problem. In this case, the solution is to A, make sure you're sitting in front of enough people and B, care about the people that you're sitting down with and going over your product or your service with and execute on that. It's that simple. But the roadblock that most people have is even admitting that they have the the excuses in the first place. It's like, you know, if you're addicted to drugs, you can't get better unless you admit that you're addicted to drugs. If you're addicted to drinking, you can't beat the drinking problem until you admit that you're addicted to drinking. And there's so many other things that you could be addicted to or excuses that you could be addicted to. So beat the excuses and you will flip your life. I promise you. Work on beating the excuses and you'll flip your life. And it's not an overnight thing because I've been working on this stuff for years and it's still a struggle every single day with trying to beat the excuses. It it just is, right? 
Like today, I didn't necessarily want to record this. You know, I got to go work out today still. And, uh, you know, I don't really feel like doing that, but I'm going to do it. I got to go meet a client a little bit later and I'm going to do that too, but I don't feel like doing it. You know, and both of those things, working out and meeting my client later, are both going to be productive for my life. They're both going to get me closer towards where I want to go. So what are you going to do today to analyze the things that you're slacking on, not doing or doing incorrectly or lazy? Focus on the solution and execute with violence that solution. What are you going to do? Pick something. Pick one thing. Like right now, if you got to pause this, stop, close your eyes, pick one thing to fix. Because we literally have like 90,000 thoughts go through our brain a day, and 90% of them are repeat thoughts. And that means if we have a heavy dose of excuses, we're, we're playing excuses through our mind on replay. So just pick one or two of them out today and crush the shit out of those excuses and make something cool happen for a change, right? Make something great happen for a change, all right? That's all I got for you guys today. Do me a favor. If you find value in the show, appreciate what we talk about here. Hop on iTunes. It's super easy to leave reviews now. Rate us five stars. Uh, throw throw me up a review on there. And then go follow me on social media, on Instagram. Uh, I'm at Travis R. Vaughn. And on Facebook, Travis Vaughn. And I'm working on trying out TikTok, which is kind of cool and fun. And that's at Badger Actual on TikTok. I'll talk to you guys next time. Dominate with discipline. Badger Actual out.